Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Rainier. Rainier, how's it going? What's up, everybody? How's it going? I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? Sup, sup, sup. Doing well. I'm also joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? It's all good here in the hood. Excellent. Today is November 16th, 2023. And we're going to talk about the Marvels, the most recent Marvel Studios movie release. And it just came out recently. We've all seen it. And we're going to go in deep on this one. Uh, So, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about expectations. Um, This is the third MCU movie release of the year. And there have been a lot of uh, TV content. There's been a lot of TV content from Marvel also. But uh, yeah, how, how do we feel about the Marvels before we saw the movie? Anybody want to volunteer to kick things off here? Perferio, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. So, I don't know. This is a weird, complicated question uh, answer. But so I wasn't, I really did not care for like a sequel to Captain Marvel. But I was excited to see what, the movie did with the characters um monica and kamala you know like mm, yeah th- they were both they're both characters from tv shows that i really liked you know um wandavision and miss marvel so i was really excited to see how their stories continued within the movie but mm-hmm. captain marvel herself carol denvers i didn't I just I, I I I'll just be honest. I don't I didn't care for for her or her journey, but um, so it was a lukewarm feeling for mm-hmm. this film. Yeah, you know. Um, quick question right off the bat: Do you consider this movie a sequel to Captain Marvel? Yeah, I was gonna ask that too. Like, I I didn't see this as a sequel. Did you see this as like the next chapter for Captain Marvel? I kind of. I I guess I came into like that expectation that it would be or kind of like fill in the blanks of like what happened with Captain Marvel in between like the first her first film and Infinity War. You know, I know like it's been like mentioned but never really like addressed, you know, in like a storyline. So I thought like it would kind of tackled that like in flashbacks so i kind of pictured this as more of a captain marvel like a film around her rather than Mm -hmm. um rather than like the trio you know yeah yeah that's kind of how i saw it like um kind of like with uh the doctor strange sequel it was kind of less of a Doctor Strange sequel than it was like an un- ensemble piece, right? But the interesting thing about this movie is they didn't call it Captain Marvel colon the Marvels. It was just called the Marvels, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the other movies like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man, 
Doctor Strange, like they they're still maintaining like that in the title, right? So this this is kind of a departure from that. So just kind of interesting. Yeah, if Captain Marvel had a trilogy, like I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected this to be a part of that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only because like the trailers that I've seen, like it seemed to equally portray everyone that had Marvel in their name. <laughs> right, right. Okay, uh, continuing on with expectations. Uh, Christian, what were your expectations going in? Hmm. Well, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling the best going into this. Uh, I know this might be a down honor, but I do think this film was kind of fighting a bit of an uphill battle. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably get into it more later because, well, uh, I really did not like Secret Invasion. Uh, Miss Marvel was all right. WandaVision, I liked. Um, Captain Marvel, I was like kind of whatever on. And I think those are kind of the four kind of big properties that I think really lead into this. As we mm-hmm. were talking about how it's kind of a Captain Marvel sequel. But, you know, there's kind of a lot of different kind of chapters at play here. Mm-hmm. And so I think so. I wasn't I wasn't feeling too hot on this one going in i think because because of that i think i wasn't as big on ant-man either so i think that like cumulatively because i wasn't feeling as hot on marvel at the time i i didn't go this way with the best of expectations but you know i will you know i always go like to go into every movie with an open mind and kind of give it its fair shake but um i guess we'll kind of go and i will go into more of that later right on uh how about you Rainier? what were your thoughts going in uh you know i didn't really have too much expectation um i didn't uh you know i think i think to be fair too because this was also at coming off the heels of the writer strike like there wasn't a ton of like press for this so yeah. i don't think it got yeah. quite the amount of like hype like a normal mcu movie would get yeah good point um and you know me like i i stay away from like reviews i stay away from a rotten tomato score but i did hear in the background of a new segment i was watching about how they were expecting this movie to be like the least grossing mcu film Mm. and i hate that that sort of sets the expectation in my head yeah i tried to bury that you know away before watching it so i guess that was a bit of my expectation because i did hear that but I didn't have too much expectation for it. I knew it was going to be a fun film. I mean, I like everything Marvel does. So yeah, that's, that's where I am. Cool. Yeah. I, I have a fi- similar feeling as pretty much all you guys. I was kind of lukewarm on it. Um, wasn't expecting a whole lot. Uh, I guess the only thing that I would say is uh, I do love cats and cats were uh, featured prominently in the trailer. <laughs> Uh, I guess specifically, I should say Florkins are featured prominently in the trailer, um, but obviously they look exactly like cats. Um, So that kind of got me excited, not going to lie. So, yeah, I went into this not too excited about the human characters or the Kree characters or what have you, (laughs) but uh, I sure as heck was excited about the cats. (laughs) um and that was about all i was excited about going in 
And Actually, then I do want—I all... do want to add. Right, go ahead. <laughs> I do want to add to some of the expectation too. Yeah, go ahead. In addition to that new segment, I heard is that I had a feeling people would be just crapping on this film, like critic-wise, <laughs> and that yep. was kind of the expectation. Like, great, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> people are already judging this film before it had already come out. Mm-hmm. Are, that, are you, are you, yeah. Are you t- are you talking about like the like MCU fans who are like, oh, Brie Larson is such a like male hater you know i mean i think there's some remnants of that because when captain uh-huh. marvel's movie even before that came out like there were a lot of people that were criticizing how she didn't smile like something yeah. oh my god yeah minor <laughs> that. Like, are you serious that's the one thing you're going to critique here <laughs> yeah. like it's like they're just being overly harsh and setting a standard that's just unrealistic i feel like mm-hmm. yeah and and sure enough there was a lot of that hate when the the movie came out for sure and we can talk about that later as well um but yeah uh we all did go see this movie and uh now let's talk about it spoiler alert for the marvels all right let's start with some positives what did we like about this movie who wants to start here i can start all right so like i said one one character I was really looking forward to was Kamala Khan, and I loved every scene that she was in. She should have had way more airtime. Like, she was just that fun, like, geeky girl that I feel like was uh, just, I felt like that kind of spirit that I had, you know, just mm-hmm. being very playful and joyful and just... um fangirling out you know like every scene she was like nick fury uh, is this an audition you know did i get in and yeah and then even then like you know that innocence is is shown when in like the serious scenes where she's fighting um like the the kree or when she's trying to save the squirrels you know she's like like has like the spirit of like Peter Parker of just wanting to save everybody, you know? And I really liked that, like her, um, her bracelet, uh, what's it called? The bangle. Yeah. The bagel was Mm -hmm. like a, like, like that, that part of her, of her was like an essential part to the plot, you know? So if I, really appreciate that like they kind of in a way um made her a vital character to the the plot you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, just furthering on that um i also really enjoyed miss marvel in this movie iman Vellani is so good uh super likable very funny um and yeah it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like us Marvel fans are getting to see one of us <laughs> in like an MCU movie, right? Like her reactions are like how, how we'd be feeling if we got to team up with Marvel superheroes, right? Um, so yeah, I, I totally, I totally was digging it. Like she's great. Um, and yeah, I wasn't the hugest fan of the Miss Marvel TV show. Um, but she's so good in, in this movie and like, um, yeah, it's almost like, 
it it's uh the miss marvel character alone makes this movie worth checking out i think yeah like her energy is just so infectious throughout the entire movie she just seems to be having so much fun and i think it's like oh when she's having fun it feels like you're having fun you know you're kind of on this adventure with her yeah as she kind of she does feel like you know it's like oh hey an mcu fan becoming an mcu character and i think that's great to see um i also um i also really liked her family in the movie i, li I really liked her mm -hmm. mom i thought i thought they were great little side characters and the way they kind of like they're they kind of worked into a bit of an action scene at the beginning of the movie at their house like her and her family just feel like really fun but they also feel like really real you know it feels like those could be, that could be you and your parents in a way mm -hmm. so yeah right yeah, i do i do like kamala's story like it's it's cool seeing her energy the same energy she carried in the movie is the same energy she had in her uh disney plus series and like mm -hmm. you really get to know her and her family and i think that really comes through in the marvels i am kind of curious though to to hear people's opinions of the movie that have not seen um you know her series on disney plus um like if it if it feels like it comes from left field but because we already know her backstory um yeah, it's 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 a fun sort of family connection, right? And like we go on this journey with her, and it's like we're seeing it through her eyes, as if we're meeting, you know, uh, Nick Fury for the first time or whatnot. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. So continuing on with positives, um, uh, let me just chime in. Let me talk about cats now. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you love cats, uh. Is this movie for you? Well, um, there is a lot of uh, Florkin action in this movie. And Goose, you know, is back. Goose from Captain Marvel is back. Um, but I have to be honest, uh, based on the trailer and the marketing, you know, Perferio was mentioning marketing before we started recording, but they were really pushing cats hard with this movie, right? merch and promotions and whatnot and i was expecting a lot more cat stuff in this movie <laughs> and as it turned out there was there was some some cat stuff there was one scene which featured cats very prominently um and i think uh, cat lovers will really enjoy that scene uh but outside of that scene not a lot of cats um i could have used more cats to be honest <laughs> <laughs> more cats i thought they did a pretty yeah. good job with, with uh, yeah like, you know i can't i can't like, have it all in the forefront <laughs> there was cat stuff there's no question um but uh, i just was was wanting wanting more. a little more a little more that's that's all i wanted <laughs> so, i mean they did they yeah. did save the day <laughs> yeah it, it, i did appreciate that scene um so uh i'll just leave it at that there was enough to satisfy uh, the cat lover in me, um, but I could have used a little more. As it is, it's a positive. It's a positive. Yeah, definitely. You you go ahead and we advocate for more cat <laughs> representation. More, more, you know? more. Um, and oh, so. Uh, yeah. And home planet. And <laughs> yes. home planet. So, oh, uh, yeah. my, my, my love for cats and just animals in general goes deep. And 
uh it i actually thought of this how um guardian of the, guardians of the galaxy volume 3 features animals very prominently um and there is a a very uh kind of obvious lack of cats in that movie i don't know if there's a single cat in that movie there's like tons of different animals right and i was thinking oh they're probably saving all the cat stuff for the marvels right so between like the the marvels trailer between the lack of cats and guardians 3 and all the cat merch for the marvels i was expecting like tons of cat shit so uh, that's why i was just like oh it turns out there wasn't that much cat stuff <laughs> i'm curious yeah. what would be like your comparison to a movie that has oh man the cats featured here are fantastic and don't tell me it's cats <laughs> i was gonna, say, I was gonna <laughs> ask is it cats <laughs> well uh i haven't seen cats but I, I can tell you right now it's not that movie <laughs> and i and i you know to be honest i don't know if that movie has been made yet you know like there there are a lot, a lot of cool like cat moments in movies like we talked about um alien uh, last episode mm -hmm. um but like just in general uh like cat stuff is missing in movies i'm not quite a cat connoisseur i like cats i don't have a cat but i thought there was a good amount of cats in in, in the marvels <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah and again this is it's still a positive for me i'm not i'm not saying uh they dropped the ball entirely here i just could have used a little more <laughs> I have a follow-up, Henry. I want to ask, yeah. like, what's your thoughts on the Goose recast? Since I know that cat you really liked in mm -hmm. Captain Marvel 1. I yeah. had no idea they recasted that cat. I guess that shows how much I know about cats. <laughs> well, I didn't know either. So this one slipped by me. I, I was kind of disappointed in myself. I didn't realize that Goose looks completely different in the Marvels compared to Captain Marvel. Um, different cat actors were used is it confirmed and, it was a different cat or are you sure the cat didn't just like age since captain no, it's, marvel it's or? confirmed and if you look at like a side by side it's it's obvious uh different cats were used and then yeah like uh, there were some uh internet articles about it too so it is it is confirmed goose was recast um <laughs> were people pissed off about that I don't think so. Like, <laughs> like if I'm if I'm focused so much on cats and I didn't even realize it, yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people like realized it, and certainly there wasn't like a big stink about it. I'm pretty but, sure. I'm pretty sure Goose's like agent probably like couldn't like negotiate for a higher like salary or something right. for this one. Right. Got they were like, Captain Marvel made a billion. <laughs> you better like up the ante, you know. And maybe maybe, he, didn't was, uh, what they maybe wanted. he was auditioning for the new Garfield movie. <laughs> oh, there we go. There go. <laughs> That's right. He had to put on a lot of weight for Garfield, and you know, so they were method. busy. They were busy. Their schedule was busy. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, Preferio, like the fact that I didn't realize it until after the fact, it tells me like, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. But in retrospect. I got to say, that doesn't sit that well. Like, to have Goose look so different in in this movie, it's just odd. It's very odd. Um, now, going back to the fact that Goose plays, or Goose is a Flurkin, not a cat. Maybe you have an excuse for that. Maybe Flurkin's appearance changes over time. Um, 
You just making excuses. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty thin excuse, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sit all that well now that I know. Do you, I mean, Henry, off the top of your head, do you know how long like a cat's life is supposed to be? Like they have they're... nine lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'd say pretty long. Yeah, I'm, well, okay, well, well, yeah, I mean, we're talking like earth cats not flirkins okay yeah you're right you're right Never mind. yeah it's different right yeah because I, so... I was i was gonna say maybe i don't know because maybe i'm getting too into it but you know because yeah. goose is from the 90s yeah. you know yeah a cat would not live that long okay but but this is a flirkin so yeah and you know by that by a similar rationale you could say oh decades later a cat the, the flirkin could look much different um it's possible you know, so my current cat, Smokey, does look a little different now compared to when he was a kitten. So, like, when he's a kitten, he was almost, like, all black. But now that he's, like, an adult cat, um, there are, like, some spots. Like, here's, a like, a white patch of fur here and there. And my wife and I are like, oh, hey, look, 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 where did that come from, you know? Um, so... You know, appearances can change, can change, uh, but t- it, not this drastically. So that that's the part that's not sitting all that well. <laughs> so okay, big cat cat tension. We invested very deeply here. in the cats more than <laughs> I really thought right. we would have. We got we got the cat <laughs> stuff out of our system. I think so. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Uh, any other more uh, any more uh, positives we want to call out here for the Marvels? I thought it was cool that they addressed um, Monica Rambeau and uh, and uh, you know Carol Danvers not mm-hmm. having reunited, um, you know, post blip. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was that was a cool thing to see. Yeah. 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 I think um, one scene I really liked in the movie is when they all have to put on the uh, the little what was it the Kree torture device and they're mm-hmm. all like you know. They're all sitting in the ship sharing each other's memories. And you kind of get all these little flashbacks. And you kind of get to see like a lot of their life. You see that there's a lot of awkwardness and tension between, you know, Carol and Monica. And how they they kind of want to reconnect, but they don't know how. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things left unsaid. And Carol's left for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like it's kind of like this moment where all of it has to come to a head. You know, and they all, but you also kind of get all these kind of flashbacks. Um, you kind of see Carol like visiting uh, Monica's mom and how Monica's mom is cancer. And like, you know, it's like this really, I thought it was like a really cool like character scene while also like doing a really good job of kind of filling in some exposition in a way on mm-hmm. kind of where these characters are. So I, I, I did really, I really liked that scene. I thought that. Like this movie did do a good job of um, like really humanizing Carol. I think mm-hmm. she had a, mm-hmm. a she had a she had a good arc in this yeah. in this movie. Did you guys, yeah. uh, did you guys like the uh, the power transfer situation where they mm. really couldn't control where they were and how they were using their powers? I, I think I was a little mixed on it. Um, I think I really like that first fight scene. Where they're all kind of switching between the three different locations. It's very yeah. chaotic. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll admit the power transfer didn't always work the way you thought it would, you know, because it seemed like, oh, they used their powers, but it seemed like they have a bit of a cooldown. And so it wasn't exactly every time they switched, which I was okay with. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Eventually it does get a little bit like, all right, all right, I'm a little over this <laughs> kind of towards yeah. the middle. Although I kind of yeah. liked how kind of towards the end, once they kind of mastered what they were doing and they were able to control it, um, I thought that was kind of cool. How, how they were like toward kind of towards the end when they were able to like switch between when they were kind of fighting Darben at the end. Uh, I like that. So parts of it, yes. Parts, no, for me. Yeah, yeah. I kind of agree, like with Christian. I think, like it. I was not. It wasn't my favorite thing in the beginning. Like I had, it was. I had a very like warm feeling to it. But then, like once they like you know started practicing and mastered it, I think it was like part of some of my favorite like action scenes of like the MCU this year, you know, just seeing them like work together as a team and just be like dun dun dun. Like I thought those like action scenes and the editing were like really some of my favorites for sure. I like how it realistically addressed that Miss Marvel can't fly and mm-hmm. that Captain Rambo learned how to fly. <laughs> right, right. Just learned, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of on board with you guys. Like at first, it was kind of cool, but then, like, yeah, like you were saying, Christian, like around the middle, it's like, oh, we're still doing this, and it's it it is confusing at times. But then you realize, like, yeah, it's kind of like um, the challenge that they have to overcome, and and th- there's like this cool montage where they're practicing, cool Beastie Boys song, and. Um, and yeah, in the end, they 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 do master it. So in, in the end, I think um, I was okay with it. I think part of the reason why they did that too is because I can imagine Captain Marvel saying, "Hey guys, chill. I'm going to take care of this," <laughs> and it forces them. <laughs> it forces them to work together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it does kind of put like a bit of a damper on Captain Marvel's powers a bit. Yeah, I mean she's super powerful, right? And in, in the early going, yeah, she probably could have solo Darben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, early oh, on, she could have ended the movie like in the first like fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've so seen the... what she can do. Mm-hmm. I think she was trying to solve the the political aspect of it first before like the actual functioning way to fix it. Yeah. Okay, any other positives you want to call out before we move on to negatives? <laughs> um, well, uh, uh, I kind of want to take this a little bit back to, I guess, Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. Because I, uh, I will say that, you know, I do, I did actually like her in this movie. I, I think she had an, kind of an interesting arc. I don't think they fully kind of got there in the movie. But I like this idea that she that you have kind of on one hand, you have Miss Marvel who idolizes everything that she does, super fan, like like kind of unhealthy at times. Mm-hmm. You also have this other kind of perception of her as the annihilator from the Kree because she destroyed the Supreme Intelligence mm-hmm. and completely causes major civil war and like like completely destroyed their society. 
because she was mad at what they, you know, the way they controlled her for many years. And of course, the real Captain Marvel is kind of somewhere in the middle. And you kind of see the two kind of opposite ends of her quote unquote legacy kind of come into like kind of like kind of come into contact and kind of clash a bit and how you kind of have these differing ideals. She wants to be like this hero, but uh, she she's not quite there yet. You know, she has the power and but the way she's used it, she feels like she's kind of making mistakes all, all the time and she's not quite that hero she wants to be which is also kind of where they go with uh monica's character and how monica's mad at her because she wasn't there for her growing up and she was the the auntie carol and auntie carol never came back mm-hmm. after 30 mm-hmm. years because you know captain marvel said i need to be this i need to solve this problem and then i and then i'll be like you know then you'll accept me and i'll cut i can come back and I think, and while I said I don't think it's it was like perfectly executed by the end, I thought that was like kind of a really interesting take for her character. This character who was like this like all powerful character, you know, the Superman, almost like a Superman without kryptonite, mm-hmm. you know. So I actually did really like I like that about the movie. I thought that was that was a cool, interesting like kind of take on her. Right on. Um, yeah, I, I would add, you know, we were kind of debating, is this really a, a sequel to Captain Marvel? And, um, the, probably the primary argument for it being a sequel is the Carol and Monica relationship, right? It it goes back to the friendship that Carol had with her mom from the first movie and like, those moments Carol had with the very young Monica in that movie. Right. So in a lot of ways, their relationship in this movie is a continuation of that story. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I think that's probably the main thing you could point to if you are arguing for it being a true sequel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, go ahead for you. No, I was just going to say like, you know, uh, are you guys done with 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 this? Because I I wanted to see a different positive. Go for it. Oh yeah, go like, for it. I I guess you know going back to Kamala Khan, I really fucking love that scene. I think like towards the end of the movie where she becomes kind of like the new Nick Fury when she's like mm. recruiting for. I can't I can't tell if she's recruiting for Young Avengers or Champions. Yeah, we can definitely you know, talk about that. Yeah. Like, because I know in the comics, Miss Marvel was never part of the Young Avengers yeah. um, comics, but like, that's all we've seen so far in the MCU. But I know in the comics, she is like the leader of the champions. Yeah. But none of the, those characters have been shown. Like, you know, the champions is like composed of like, um, uh Miles Morales and Vivian Vision and um uh um, Amadeus Cho. Yeah Amadeus Cho but mm-hmm. so I don't know what they're gonna do, what direction they're gonna take, but I just I just thought that was freaking hilarious and <laughs> Kate yeah. Bishop being there with um what's his name? Do you, do you guys remember her dog's name? 
Oh, Lucky, I think. Oh, Lucky? Pizza dog? <laughs> yeah, the pizza dog. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh my gosh, finally they're setting this going into the Young Avengers or Champions. You know, I just, I loved it. Yeah, I thought that was a cool cameo. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking we'd talk about this later, but let's talk about it now. Um, so this is the last scene of the movie. It's not a mid-credit scene or a post-credit scene. It is the last scene of the movie. Um, kind of surprisingly, like Rainier was saying. Um, it features Kate Bishop and Kamala Khan, and it's supposed to be like a mimic of the Nick Fury recruiting Tony Stark scene in Iron Man, right? Um, and it's really funny. Yeah, it's like uh, Kamala is like doing like like a Nick Fury impersonation almost, and she's like, she's I think wanting she's using like recruit. the same dialogue, right? Yeah, it's almost yeah, like word for like word. Word for word. Yeah. Word for word. Yeah. It's really funny. It's like tongue in cheek. Um, and yeah, it's like, uh, it's clearly like her wanting to start like a young superhero group. And like Perfurio, like you're saying, like it's kind of unclear what the team's going to be because in the comics, Kamala Khan is not part of the Young Avengers. Um, she's part of a different young superhero group, the Champions, right? So what is this group going to be? Uh, we'll see. Um, they, they do make reference to Cassie Lang, right? Cassie Lang, and, yeah. Uh, Scott Lang's daughter. And then, but that's it. Like, otherwise, it's just speculation. Like, presumably, um, uh, like Patriot could be part of this team who made an appearance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Patriot um, America, America Chavez for sure. Uh, potential Wiccan and um, uh, what's his speed? Wiccan and speed. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about those two. Like, it seems like they're not going the superhero route <laughs> after what Wanda has gone through. But uh, I guess that's potential because in the comics, yeah, they are in the Young Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. um, everyone talks about how Miles Morales in the MCU is a, an eventuality. So he could end up on the team. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. General thoughts about this scene what do you guys think well really fast you know wiccan has already been casted oh they have really yeah he's been um did you guys ever watch that netflix show heartstopper mm -mm. no it's like a like like little queer romance like that's between like two queer um queer boys in britain one of the actors um john locke he was cast for a mysterious role in the Agatha um, TV show, but mm. he's been like dropping hints on his Instagram that he's Wiccan. Oh, you know? set casting oh. announcement as official as Pedro Pascal being <laughs> Reed Richards. Reed Richards. <laughs> uh, not 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 a rumor. I mean, like 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 it's it's official. Like he, that casting that like, he's gonna be in the show, like. That that's official, but like, what role he's gonna play has mm. still been like up for speculation. But 
everybody knows. Like he's been dropping hints on his like social media ever since he's been announced that he's gonna play Wiccan, you know. Oh, interesting. And you know, again, it's Agatha, the TV show. It makes sense, you know. Hey, what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, that that mid credit scene with Beast oh, well, and the X Men? We'll, de we'll, de <laughs> we'll definitely get into there. Why don't mm -hmm. we finish on this scene? Um, yeah, is it leading up to Young Avengers? Is it leading up to Champions? Something else? What do we think? Like, um, part of me is wondering, like, they, they mentioned by, but like, uh, would Peter still be that age, like, roughly to fit in with the group? Because he just graduated high school, mm -hmm. he's 18, right? He's by himself, Ooh. you know, very possibly. Would they actually, would they put in Spider Man? Although, I, I don't know if Tom Hall, how much Tom Holland would be signed on to do more movies, of course. Mm -hmm. And yeah. of course, the deal is always changing between. Disney and Sony on that, but yeah, like he's, I guess, yeah, he's technically, you know, he's young, he's an yeah. Avenger, he's in the age range, he yeah, could be. but he probably is the he's far and away the most experienced, so he could almost mm -hmm. be like their leader. Yeah, I think it would be more realistic for him to make a cameo than it would be part of like the actual team. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see that. That characters, that's probably what it's most likely going to be. I think they're going to go the new. They'd probably go the new Avengers route only because Avengers carries a heavier brand name. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add that it seems like a really odd choice to make this scene the last scene of the movie. It seems like it would have worked a lot better as a mid-credit scene mm -hmm. or a post-credit scene. It's super jarring that all of a sudden Kate Bishop shows up in the movie like this is the movie right it hasn't ended the credits have not rolled and all of a sudden you see someone you haven't seen for the whole movie um i don't know why they decided to do that um it's it's very odd <laughs> and i will add too that um there is a mid mid credit scene that rainier was alluding to we'll talk we'll definitely talk about that but there is no post credit scene so it seems like it would have been perfect to move the Kate Bishop scene to mid and then have uh, the other scene post. Um, but as it is, it's just like, why did they do that? It's very bizarre. I don't know. When Nick Fury approached uh, Iron Man, that was I can't remember. Was that an end credit scene? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. that was like post. So, yeah. yeah. That was post. Yeah. That's like the last yeah. thing you yeah. see. That's right. Because the final scene of Iron Man was the press conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It was press conference and then mid credits. And then I think Nick Fury after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah. Shaking things up. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And and that see, that fits like that scene doesn't really have anything to do with the movie you just saw. Mm -hmm. Nick Fury's not in the movie. Uh, there was no talk of forming of a forming a super team, Avengers or whatever. So it, it's extraneous. So they left it as like a post credit scene. Um, so same thing here, but they chose to have it be the last scene in the movie, which is like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little little jarring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't think it felt that jarring. 
I mean, it was a cool surprise. I was I was pretty stoked to see Kate Bishop. No, I, wasn't I was expecting yeah, it. Totally not expecting it. Totally, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if if the MCU just stopped doing mid and post credit scenes completely? Yeah, people would be <laughs> upset. <laughs> people would be upset because they were like, "Wow, I waited through like the af- the whole credits." And it probably take them a few movies to like really catch on. Like, yeah, I waited through the credits for three movies, and I've got no <laughs> post credit scene. What gives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and don't I'll care probably about these watch the next in this movie. credits. Yeah, I guess I should note. Yeah, there is no post credit scene in this one, but there is a little like Easter egg at the very end. You guys catch that? Like at the very end of the movie, is uh, was it like some audio thing? Like yeah, the... yeah. I can't remember what it was. It's uh, it's like along the lines of of Avengers Endgame, where you kind of hear like the the Iron Man um, building shit sounds. Um, this one, you hear uh, what sounds like a florkin at the very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah okay. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't remember oh, that. Oh no, I missed that. Yeah. So, um, okay. Why don't we move on to negatives? Anything we didn't like so much about this movie? <laughs> hmm. All right. Um, well, okay. I uh, go ahead, Christian. Yeah. What, what did you want to go for it? Uh, no, please. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, uh, I'll start it off. Um, I mean, uh, I'll start it off with uh, I think my least favorite character in this. Um, uh, Darpen, I thought was probably like one of the weakest Marvel villains. I think I feel like I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. And I think, and it's kind of sucks because like, it's been a complaint of like a lot of Marvel movies. And I felt like that really stepped it up, you know, cause like, Hey man, you know, you still had Kang. Everyone loves Kang. And then guardians three, uh, had, had such a great villain too. Such a, a great villain that you're like really satisfied whereas this feels like it takes like a few steps back where it feels like she's kind of barely in the movie uh it's like i said like captain marvel could probably just solo her if she didn't have the power swapping mm-hmm. you know she has ronin's hammer she feels like too much of a copy of ronin who is already a pretty kind of lame and generic villain and uh her motivation like she was kind of getting somewhere i thought with her motivation of like well captain marvel blew up the you know supreme intelligence and like she was like kind of a bit more radical and fanatical you know of kind of uh supreme leader of the kree and she it was like they were kind of getting there but she doesn't really have a lot of screen time in the movie to really develop her and so, like, you're kind of just, ah, I don't really care, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Dar Ben, I think, is the is kind of the first negative of the movie that I could think of. Yeah. I, I, I do agree. Just real quick. Yeah, that, that was exactly what I was going to say. Like, a very forgettable villain. <laughs> like, not interesting, not really dangerous, or... Uh, like a huge threat. Like I, I was not really worried about this villain uh, at all in this movie. Uh, go ahead, prefer you. No, like I agree with both of you guys. I think like I, it sucks. Cause I think there was so much potential with the villain. I 
totally saw where she was coming from. You know, she wasn't like a villain who was like, oh, I want to like take over the universe or anything like that. She was more had like a like radical agenda of just wanting to save her home world of the Kree. You know, she was trying to get resources of them, like sunlight, water, air, you know. So I like I feel like with like enough character development and enough like um screen time she could have been like another like killmonger you know kind of like a villain you understand where they're coming from but you know they're a villain but the way they made her character to be just totally like forgettable and it it just sucks and i think what sucks even more is like um just because You know, like I'm, I'm like far into that MCU book that that we read, Henry, <laughs> and there was just like, like behind the scenes in Marvel Studios, there's just always been like a lot of pushback for like female villains because they believe that like nobody cares about them, you know, and yeah. I feel like they're gonna use this as an, as an example to be like, this is why we don't do female villains, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it just sucks, but I think she had a lot of potential to be a very good, memorable villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as a villain, I don't think she had a huge wow factor, but like, it was interesting to see where she came from. And she did have that line about how like, when something along the lines of like, you know, when there was no leader the only people that wanted to step up were people that just craved power mm -hmm. and like she decided to be the person that stepped up and then ultimately when she realized that her that captain marvel actually had a solution to the problem she let that get to her and became the villain that she said she you know because she was really trying to help her people right but she ended up becoming that person who wanted to grab that power mm -hmm. and i thought that was mm -hmm. interesting And it was interesting that she had the matching bangle to Miss Marvel uh, for her to be able to wield that power. Um, well, I can't remember. Does Miss Marvel now have both bangles? I think she does. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what she's going to be doing with that. <laughs> um, but I think, I think, I think the villain was made. I think, I think that was by design. And I think the real villainy here was the conflict that like the Marvels had amongst themselves that like, well, especially with, with, with Captain Marvel about her really being the villain to the Kree people, because she's the one that had destroyed their, their planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as we're talking about this, it just makes me think about how this movie is, It's kind of like what I'd call light entertainment. It's it's a fun movie, um, but you know it's not like super thought provoking. It's not hard hitting. Um, the fact that the villain is kind of not memorable and is not like it didn't she didn't feel really dangerous. I think that's all kind of by design. It's it's kind of meant to be. Just like I said, light entertainment. Um, so in a way, in a way that's a positive, like you can watch this movie and not feel like 
it's like an escape right you don't have to think about like day-to-day shit in the news and just like dark and dreary stuff um but yeah on the flip side yeah it's it's not it's it's you're not going to be um overwhelmed with like huge emotions one way or the other right just it's kind of light and fluffy and it's just kind of fun right um but on that but i i also think yeah. that like not every villain can be thanos not every villain can be loki yeah you know like there's, there's got to be some fodder in there to lead up to the bigger one yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah because i mean there is there is evil outside of like the grand evil like there are still mm-hmm. other levels of evil that exist yeah yeah good point and i i would say for for a movie like this you don't want to have like a killmonger type villain right um like i said they're going for a a, a certain vibe a certain tone um and like a, a really like i don't know ultra violent ultra dangerous villain like they didn't want that they weren't going for that and you know they they, they shouldn't have gone for that i think um but that's not to say they could have not to say they couldn't have had like a more impactful and and memorable villain. Yeah. I, I'm with you guys definitely. That okay. I think yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, because I do really love Guardians of the Galaxy, which does have Ronan. Oh, I, I, I took a bit of a dig at it earlier, but I think where I think and he's kind of bland, barely in the movie. And more of just kind of your your stepping stone to Thanos, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think where he works really well, like, he kind of needs to be that kind of bland and forgettable. Because mm-hmm. Guardians is really, like, heavy on its team dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really about how does the team come together. We have all these different kind of more... It's it's They're definitely much wackier characters. And they all kind of have their own thing. And it's kind of a bit of a comedy. So Ronan kind of almost works as like the straight man. Yeah. Against all of the guardians, you know? So there's kind of a bit of that, like, you know, there's a bit of that dynamic going on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think, whereas, you know, you have a character, you, you you also have a character, say like Killmonger, who's very, uh, one of everyone's favorite MCU villains, you know, everyone loves Killmonger. But like he's hard hitting, he's like very philosophical. He's got like you know you get into kind of his head and kind of what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. and I think those are kind of your two, um, like you know the two the two different kinds you can kind of have. Yeah, but I also think the MCU kind of falls a little too hard into the Ronin category, you know. And mm-hmm. I think after a while, if you you know you don't really want to see one type of villain too often. And I do think that's a bit of the problem with Darben. It, it's it's not only that you have a villain that's just kind of like lame and generic. It's just that it's like, oh, it's another lame and generic one. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's like, oh, oh, I've seen this a thousand yeah. times. This is right. like, you know, and so you kind of want that, especially because you've seen it before. You've seen the yeah. MCU do these great things with villains. You saw it in the last movie you know guardians mm-hmm. volume three mm-hmm. whereas you see this and you're like ah oh, man <laughs> did she just really rip off the plot of space balls here you know <laughs> stealing atmosphere oh man you know 
Yeah. I wouldn't say she was not threatening. I think Henry, you made that comment. Like she mm-hmm. didn't seem dangerous. I mean, she 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 was trying to steal Earth's sun. <laughs> yeah, she was trying <laughs> yeah. to obliterate Earth. That is true. Yeah, yeah. she did. And right. you, you almost gotta wonder, like, did she just completely destroy that singing planet? You know, like they never go back to the planet. I always steal her atmosphere. You know, so she she could have just destroyed an entire planet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I that's kind of my. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Renier. I think that's the weight that Captain Marvel carries on her shoulders that she has to live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is kind of my point. Where, on paper, she is a very powerful character, particularly when she has the hammer and the bangle, right? Um, but she never felt really dangerous and formidable, right? Like um, we've been talking about Killmonger uh, a number of times here, um, but I feel like yeah, there are parts of her character that are similar to Killmonger in that you know, in his mind, he's not a villain. He's like really trying to do what's best, and he has good intentions, right? Um, but in Black Panther, like Killmonger fucking shoots his girlfriend in the head. A- after that happened, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this guy is like a complete loose cannon. And like, this guy is capable of like anything, right? He is dangerous. He is a huge threat to T'Challa and the people of Wakanda, right? Um, I, I never got that sense of, of danger uh, with with this character. Um, like I said, clearly they weren't going for that, right? Um, but yeah, it has to be said that I, I never felt that danger. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're talking about villains, like I was thinking, like, okay, clearly they 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 can't go for like a Thanos or Killmonger style villain here. This is much a much different movie, right? This is a lighter kind of movie. But then I thought of kind of past light quote-unquote light mcu movies and i thought of uh thor ragnarok that's a very funny movie very goofy and that movie had a fucking awesome villain right hella um and you know uh like kate blanchett is so good in that movie right and she like kind of camps it up um and she took a role that may that might have been really forgettable like this one like the darben character here and made it very memorable and one of the best parts of that movie i think mm-hmm. uh preferio you had something yeah no i just agree with okay. everything you said yeah cool okay um Christian, you brought up the singing planet. Maybe we can oh talk, about, yeah, talk about that talk a little about bit. No. Uh, I know you have some thoughts, Christian, so maybe you can tell us about <laughs> Oh, that. man, yeah. Uh, man, this is hard. The part, that seems a little hard to watch. Um, it it kind of, I don't know, it kind of felt like it took a bit too much of a left turn in the movie. You know, like, I think there's like kind of this all this exposition of like all these adventures kind of Captain Marvel had where oh it turns out she's she's married to this this like random prince mm-hmm. um and they kind of they they sing in song and, and that's like their language yes and i don't know i i it felt like a little too i didn't really 
enjoy the joke, I guess, that I was going for personally. Is it safe uh, the to idea assume you're not a, a you're, is it safe to assume you're not a musical guy or <laughs> actually yeah uh, yeah I I mean you know, I'll I'll, th I'll throw my bias in there I'm just not really into musicals at all <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't you know, I don't mind them I don't mind the odd song here and there <laughs> but it kind of feels a little too yeah it felt like a bit too much of a left turn a little too like Disney a little too Thor Love and Thunder Way I thought too it, it just <laughs> yeah um and. But and then but they, you know, I think what's also kind of sucks is that they don't fully commit to the bit. You know, it feels like once she's like, all right, I need to talk, you know, oh, he's bilingual. They never really go back to the singing at all in the entire planet. Mm. Like, I think that uh, they could have had done something kind of cool because there's a battle scene like shortly after. Right. And mm -hmm. you think, oh, what if the soldiers kind of had like a battle chant that they did or something? You know, and they kind of just turn into just kind of like nameless soldiers. You know, they don't say anything. They don't. They just kind of fight. So I, I really didn't like the concept, and I I thought the half-ass execution was even worse on that on that scene. I was not a fan of any of that part. Um, it also feels like something that was cut way down. You have the, they kind of feature this K-pop star, uh, yeah, making a cameo there. I'm not sure if he had like a larger part, but it felt like I don't know. It the it didn't fit in the movie. He's a K-pop star. I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I think so. Uh, let's see here. That's why I feel. I feel yeah. like I remember seeing I that online popular, somewhere. Like, isn't he a popular yeah. like, Korean yeah, actor? He, yeah, I looked him he up. He might just a bit. be a popular actor. Yeah, he he's a yeah. Korean actor, but uh, I think not technically a K-pop star. Oh, he's not a K-pop. Okay, yeah. he All looks right. like well, one. My for bad. Sure. I stand corrected. <laughs> He, yes, he does. Yeah, I actually thought the singing planet was was pretty funny <laughs> because you have to imagine like like in every MCU movie where they're out in space, they go to these different planets and everyone speaks English. And I understand that they they'll usually throw the oh the universal translator, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I mean you know there's got to be a planet out there where they're doing something different and they did something different. That they did. This is very different. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with Christian here. Um, that whole scene was very cringy for me, very hard to watch. Um, I think the term douche chills came to mind <laughs> when I was watching this scene. Douche chills, oh, that's yeah, a good one. yeah, oh, I think it's a an what? arrested like development <laughs> term. Um, but I definitely got douche chills. Um. Yeah, I know it's comedy. Comedies always hit or miss. It'll work for some, like Rainier's, and not for others. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it has to be said that um, watching this movie overall, you know, like I've been saying, it's a fun movie. It's light. It's fluffy. I was having a good time. Um, this scene almost just like ruined the experience for me i was like what the fuck and like um it kind of keeps going like it starts off with the singing i'm like okay that was kind of goofy and silly let's move on and they just keep doing it there's more singing and more singing i'm like what the fuck they're still doing it i can't take this um and uh i i i understand what you're saying christian where they do end it 
kind of abruptly and it's sort of like, oh, that's it. Um, but to me, it was such a relief that they stopped singing. I'm just like, thank God. Okay, I don't care the explanation. I'm just glad that part's over. Thank God. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you guys. I think the singing was just like, I was like, oh, this is Disney. Way, this is way too Disney for me at the moment, you know? Like, and just the singing was it just caught me off guard. I was like, I did not expect that. And I know I said like, I wanted more like backstory to Captain Marvel, but I was not expecting that she got married to this person and is a, is now a Disney princess, I guess, you know, <laughs> like, and then, you know, when they started battling, I was like, okay, this could totally see, be something cool. But then like, you know, they get teleported to another planet and even like um I forgot who it was, but they're like, Oh, that we left them behind and then I think Carol Dunn versus like, oh no, they can handle themselves and but like you, Henry, I was like, I was over it. Thank God they left that planet. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just like I was uh uh I was uh Yeah. You know, uh yeah like like i was saying you know comedy it's for some not for others and then um musicals same thing it, it's not for everyone and you know if you're a fan of musicals and if you enjoy the scene that's that's all good right um but uh, uh i know i'm not alone here in that that scene was very hard to watch <laughs> all right i think they do that by design Hey, you know, like, like, I know there are people who enjoyed the scene and, um, good for them. Yeah, good, good for you. And, you know, I mean, like, good for me. Good for, yeah, good for you, specifically you. Um, but like, I, I could see if, if you are a fan of musicals, uh, you might get a kick out of that. Sure. Yeah, I don't think I just I just don't think I judge that part too harshly. It's like, oh, okay, it's a planet that sings. That makes sense if it's in in that world. Okay, they sing, so they sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, we always complain about Marvel kind of doing the same thing over and over again. This is clearly something different. <laughs> they, they rolled the dice a bit. Um, didn't really work for me, uh, but hey, they tried something different here. Okay, uh, so. That was a pretty crazy bonkers scene. There is another crazy bonkers scene. Um, so I talked I talked about the Florkins earlier. There is a wild scene later in this movie where man, it's almost hard to describe, but um there are people who are in danger and need and they they need to escape like uh, the space station but there's not enough like escape pods right um so the the solution they came up with is having the people go inside of the flurkin right we saw in captain Mar captain marvel goose swallows like the tesseract right so clearly flurkins can store stuff that are like bigger than their size right so they can swallow people and they can get transported off the space station safely so it's this crazy scene where like all these cats are swallowing these people up and um they have a song from the musical cats playing 
and it is completely crazy. Um, yeah, but what, what do we think about the scene? Thoughts like uh, cringy, all out of singing scene, hilarious. Uh, what do we think? Um, I'm, per I'm personally in the former. I I, I felt <laughs> like it was like the singing scene. I was like, oh god, oh, no, what is this? This I was not a fan of that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that scene at all. <laughs> yeah, I I just thought that was really out there. Um, <laughs> just I guess even like the slow motion shots of like people being scared and like them being eaten up. I was just like. No, please don't slow motion. Just fast forward this. Like, let's just. I. Th it was just too ridiculous on my end, you know. <laughs> I thought it was a perfect solution for an improbable problem. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys all would have died, right? Like, yeah. how yeah. else would they have survived? They didn't have enough escape pods. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Although now we do learn though that people can live in the atmosphere within the dimension that uh, Flirt can swallow people in. Mm, right right um but i like what you're getting at rainier like um there there was a, a a narrative progression with this scene like the singing seemed like completely out of left field and it had nothing to do with the story right but this scene uh like the flurkins are are the heroes of the scene, right? They're they're the way out of this situation, right? So there is like a progression in the story. So it, it isn't like completely just something bonkers for the sake of something bonkers, right? Um, and as you know, we've been saying, I love cats, and <laughs> this is the big cat moment, and uh, I, I loved it. I, I really, I really did love this scene, <laughs> um, and and it's not just cats it's kittens it's like baby cats it's like you can't get cuter than this oh it's so good um so yeah the lead up to it though the lead up to it though is that oh there's this mysterious growth on the mm -hmm. ship what the right. heck is this yeah oh now it's like infecting the entire ship and little did we know <laughs> that goose had babies yeah right yeah we were talking about the movie alien last episode so it kind of sets it up like there's this like ominous alien presence like what is this growth thing right and it turns out to be uh baby florkins right little kittens little cute kittens and uh it's uh it was it was pretty hilarious i think i thought it was funny too that like miss marvel had to be like let them eat you like <laughs> right i guess that may be another question too is if you guys were in that position would you let the florkin eat you <laughs> That is a good question. Like, uh, if you knew that it was safe and basically life-saving, yeah. But I think in the context of the scene, the people were not aware, right? That's why Kamal was like, let's just let him eat you. It's okay, you know, right? So, a lot of hijinks. All right. Um, yeah, any other negatives you want to call out? I mean, that one wasn't, like across the board negative let's let's just say <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> it was I a think, split decision there <laughs> but go ahead for you i think christian brought it up earlier but i just feel like the movie was because of the editing i just felt like 
there was some stuff that got cut out that didn't make the final cut. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of Marvel's shortest movies. I think the runtime is only like an hour and 45 minutes. And it just felt like there was a little bit of story that had yet to be developed that that like they had in mind, but they I think just for like sake of time they cut it. Mm. And yeah, I just felt like there was just a lot of story missing. Or maybe I'm just too used of a Marvel movie being two hours, but mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, I just felt like there was something about it that was missing based off like the edits. Mm-hmm. What was the runtime? Was it it was less than two hours. Yeah, one forty-five. Yeah. I think. I think it's the shortest MCU film. Hour forty-five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you. It definitely feels like there's like a, a good amount missing from this movie. I would love to see like a director's cut that adds, hopefully, like adds thirty minutes to this movie because there's this mm-hmm. whole plot about Carol in the past, you know, blowing up the Supreme, uh, the Supreme intelligence, not really seen in any other Marvel movie. It's kind of like thrown in there as exposition, uh, as well as like, uh, Darben's whole plot, you know, it feels like there's always like all these little pieces missing. Cause there's kind of like a little too many subplots, you know, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mostly because it has to like kind of follow up like four or five different projects and so yeah like it does feel like way too it's overall like way too quick there's no resolution as we say to that sinking planet did they all die did did they survive there, there might have been a throwaway line that I missed but I who knows like um you know like Darben just kind of shows up. How did she get the bangle? You know, I also think the movie could have had a little bit of a, a little bit of a retread of kind of what happened in Miss Marvel and, uh, WandaVision, you know, like, cause like they're two Disney plus series. So they're not part of the movies, even though they're part of the MCU. So like, who is, who is Miss Marvel? Who is Monica Rambeau? How did she, What's what's this witch hex she's talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you guys think they they needed some of that, like a bit of a refresher on those? No, I think I, they, I think they want people to subscribe to Disney Plus and watch this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Go find <laughs> out yourself. Yeah, yeah true. Find out. It. Get the subscription yeah. and watch these and see who right. they are. Yeah. Wait, you asked that question about how how Darbin got the bangle, right? Is that what you just asked, Christian? Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of see her pick it, just kind of pick it up on a planet. And there might be some exposition later, but, you know, like, th- there was so much missing with Darben that could have been added. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been nice to have another scene with Monica and Captain Marvel kind of talking things out a little bit more, you know. Maybe another scene where you, a little bit, like, on the end... Um, that kind of kind of helps kind of pad the resolution a little more. Yeah, what do you guys think? Because I uh... oh, go for it, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I was just adding to that. Like, uh, we're all saying it feels like 
there's something missing here, but but what is it? Like what would you guys do more of? Like what 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 are the additional fifteen or so minutes I think you could add here? I think like what Christian said, I think I would have liked some more like airtime to like Darben, just like a little bit of like backstory to like how she found the bangle or like kind of like you know like guardians you know like star lord found like the orb and like he did this you know like i, I thought that was a cool like opening scene like they could have done something similar mm-hmm. or like kind of i guess like yeah like just give her more um of a backstory to further develop that character because like right off the bat she's just like like you like you guys we've been saying like she's just really forgettable and there's just no backstory or airtime screen time for her you know mm-hmm. yeah I think that, yeah i don't know i i really think she was made to be forgettable she, she dies at the end so she's not coming back <laughs> disposable yeah <laughs> let's move on <laughs> um i guess i should say uh obviously if i were to add runtime to this movie it would be more flurkins <laughs> enough said <laughs> done <laughs> that's just me more um, cats more cats just more cats please okay um all right so random thoughts doesn't have to be positive or negative and we've kind of been just throwing random thoughts around but specifically um hey let's talk about uh the mid credits scene uh i think um one of the buzzier aspects of this movie because it seems to introduce the x-men into the mcu um what do we think about this scene thoughts thoughts i screamed when i saw that i was pretty excited not gonna yeah. lie <laughs> yeah okay so what, what do we get here it's it's monica in an alternate universe and in the fox universe uh, seemingly right because she wakes up and her mom is there, Maria Rambo, but her mom doesn't recognize her. And come to find out that it's Dr. Hank McCoy, the beast, who is there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes reference to Charles, who is clearly Professor X. Mm-hmm. And we even see like the metal X doors in the background, right? Mm-hmm. A la the Fox universe of X-Men, as you're saying, Preferio. Um, so a lot of questions, right? So the, what came to mind to me is that the, the big question about the introduce, introduction of the X-Men into the MCU is how are they going to do it, right? If mutants exist in this Earth, Earth 616, um, how come no one knows about mutants? No one's talked about mutants. A mutant hasn't appeared through all this craziness that has happened. Well, it seems like they're explaining it here that uh, the X-Men are going to be introduced into the MCU through a different universe, right? 
seemingly um yeah or is this just like a nod to that universe and like the quote-unquote real x-men the x-men of the mcu are going to be uh introduced in a completely different way and this is just like a fun little easter egg one-off kind of thing i don't know what do you guys think I have okay, so I have my answer that is like two parts. I one, I was pretty excited again, like that we're seeing like the Fox X Men being introduced because this is this just sets up like you know like the tone for Secret Wars, you know, of like all these like character Marvel characters from different projects being all together. You know, we're having Deadpool three come out next year, and that's there's like a lot of rumors that there's like, you know, Fox property X-Men characters in that film. Mm -hmm. But then two, it just kind of, I think Rainier, you've brought this up before about like, like when Marvel makes these kinds of projects, does it have to connect with like the MCU? You know, is it possible to just like, make a MCU film and just have it stand by itself without like connecting to like the larger like in this case multiverse storyline you know because I feel like that was like that's like the hype that now with like phase five right now phase five now that we're moving forward you know and like that's completely absent throughout the film until mm -hmm. we get to this like mid credit scene. Yeah. So uh, you didn't quite address like, do you think this is reflective of the X-Men we're going to see moving forward in the MCU? Uh, or is it just kind of like a one, one off kind of fun thing? I think it's just a one off thing. I, I feel like, Marvel eventually is going to have their own X-Men team, but I feel like just for like the sake of a Secret Wars storyline, that they're going to introduce the Fox X-Men team. Mm, okay. Oh, interesting. So you're saying, okay, this isn't going to be the X-Men people or main, the main X-Men of the MCU, but that's not to say that they could still tap into this universe. Yeah. Or secret wars and whatnot yeah okay interesting yeah, um, yeah. i think, I think oh, it's yeah like, go ahead Rainier. i think it's i think it's gonna be a one-off thing i don't think they're gonna rehash like the old x-men i think mcu is gonna want to start fresh with their own x-men but they're probably gonna want to like make some connections to like you know fox's x-men mm -hmm. i think perforio nailed it that it's probably gonna be some connection to like deadpool 3 mm, um yeah but I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine like the old original cast from X Men being part of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if they're gonna, you know, do another ten years of like X Men. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys bring up interesting points because, like, I never really read it as like a fun one-off kind of thing. Because we already got that fun one-off kind of thing with with Patrick Stewart in Multiverse of Madness, right? So 
they're kind of they, they've kind of done it again right it's almost like like a tease like oh it's the x-men but that's not really the x-men you're gonna get later just you wait right um so i don't know that's kind of frustrating right they're just like teasing the hell out of this thing um but yeah the more i th- think about it i think you guys are right yeah it is just kind of a fun one-off thing it doesn't really have anything to do with like the true future of the x-men in the mcu and that introduction is has yet to happen right we're still waiting and if you consider that it's like an alternate universe like it's very easy to just be like well that's that Mm -hmm. here's the real universe yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah right and renew you're saying oh it's hard to imagine having the the fox universe in the mcu well after spider-man no way home like anything's possible right i mean we literally had toby Maguire as peter parker in that movie right so um they they could bring back all those actors right i mean they could but like if you look at like no way home like do you think we're gonna see like a con are we gonna continue to see toby Maguire spider-man like in future films like maybe a cameo here and there yeah but like holding an entire feature-length film to intertwine into like you know a universe of x-men like i can't see that happening yeah no solid mm-hmm. point i i do agree with that i yeah. agree yeah so uh yeah the more i think about it that it, it's a little frustrating because um similar to what we got in multiverse of madness is like yeah fun fan service easter egg type stuff but nothing really of substance and nothing that really satisfies us in terms of, okay, this is going to be the X-Men of the MCU. We have yet to see that. Uh, so we're still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Christian, you have some thoughts? Um, I could imagine them, like, if, if they came back, it would probably be Deadpool and, like, Secret Wars. You know, those could be, like, the, the two worlds that kind of collide collide to fight kind of like how you have like you know your 616 and ultimate coming together Mm -hmm. they could do something like that they could have like kind of your kind of final hurrah to these characters maybe the ones that aren't wolverine i i feel like hugh jackman would probably be done again after deadpool 3 Mm -hmm. but if they wanted to bring back say like james mcavoy and you know fastbender and all that yeah. One last kind of hurrah for Secret Wars. And then maybe, I don't know if they would do a, some sort of like kind of reboot or reset or anything like that after it. But after that, after that, let's say that world is destroyed and mutants kind of just start popping up in the MCU. And then they can have their, you know, the new X-Men with new actors, you know, telling new stories and all that. Yeah. So I could I can imagine that being like phase seven of marvel i i would like to actually see x-men be its own thing and not have to necessarily tie into the avengers i feel like it'd be a nice clean slate start fresh with a whole new universe and not be so beholden to the continuity of like the avengers and yeah i'm sure at some point they'll cross paths but like i'd hate to like have it like sit on the avengers shoulders (laughs) yeah yeah it's a tall order these days, but I agree. I, I'd like to see that 
standalone at least for a while before they do a crossover right but we'll see yeah like we had a lot of complaints about spider-man like spider-man being introduced in the mcu was through iron man basically right um Mm -hmm. he he wasn't standalone to start off with Mm -hmm. um so yeah okay i prefer you go ahead no i was just gonna give a different like hot take to how this film and i guess even the post credit the 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 mid credit scene like leads up to secret wars you know mm. i feel oh, like oh yeah go ahead i feel like miss marvel's um bangles they're there that's like a key component to like why all these like different universes are going to just like intertwine but then like you know cuz there's like a scene within the film where miss marvel or not miss marvel captain marvel's like oh like that this is what they're called you know it's always been like a um kind of like a ghost story i think those are the that's the phrase that she uses but she never knew it actually existed and i feel like she she kind of referenced the same thing in the shang chi post credit scene with the 10 rings you know mm-hmm. so i feel like those 10 rings relic and this are like key components to how like the universe is like open up and kind of collapse on one another you know mm-hmm. that's my theory and if i'm right you heard it from me from me <laughs> there yeah. you go you heard it here first <laughs> yes <laughs> right here <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm on board with the ancient relics being like the this this uh the current state of what was the infinity stones previously right they're leading up to something they gotta be right uh so yeah we'll see exactly what happens later um but uh for now maybe we can talk about some of the stuff outside the movie a bit now so um uh, the box office of the movie and some of the online hatred for this movie. Uh, I, haven't heard, uh, you know? I haven't heard or seen any of this, so I'm actually kind of curious to hear it. <laughs> Wait, mm-hmm. okay. Wait, I have one more question, I guess, about yeah. the film before we get there. Yeah. Like, you know, I guess we talk about like MCU continuity and everything, but does this, do you guys think that this film takes place before or after um, Secret Invasion? Hmm. Oh yeah. I I was also wondering this. I mostly because like Nick Fury is just such a different character. Yeah. Than he is in Secret Invasion, you know. He's like maybe tapping in parallel. Yeah, but you know it does feature the Kree and the Scrolls kind of coming together at the table for peace talks, which is Mm -hmm. what they were talking about the at the very end of Secret Invasion. Right. So it seems like this comes after but you also uh i heard that somewhere along the line this movie is supposed to come out before secret invasion originally mm-hmm. but 
of course, with COVID and shifting schedules of all these things, that's just kind of not how it turned out. Yeah. Now, So, if memory serves yeah. correct, uh, at the end of Secret Invasion, Nick Fury goes back into space, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I kind of feel like this is post-Secret Invasion. Um, it seems like, okay, he he went back to Earth, did his thing there, and then he went back to space. Um, I guess he was in space prior to coming back to Earth. In Secret Invasion, so I guess you could argue this is what he was doing in space during that time. But it it feels like this is post because it's kind of a more relaxed Fury, right? It seems like he he works some shit out and he's just like kind of chill, right? Um, yeah. So that that's that that's my feeling that it is post Secret Invasion. And to be honest, one of the sad things is. Like, it kind of doesn't matter at all because Nick Fury does next to nothing in this movie. <laughs> like, if, if you go to this movie wanting to see Samuel L. Jackson, um, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> like, he does very little, <laughs> very little. yeah Which is I just kind feel of, like yeah, it's unfortunate. Usually, even if he's in a movie just for a little bit, usually it's like quite memorable, but uh, it doesn't really do much at all here. yeah, everything he says in this movie feels like it's like a joke or like leading up to a joke you know Yeah, mm -hmm. everything right. he kind of does is a bit of a quip which is too bad Yeah. I don't know, I think the the reason, like, I was just kind of throwing off, because I guess, you know, like, with, like, um, the end of, like, Captain Marvel, it just seemed like Earth was, like, a safe haven for the squirrels, but then to come to find out, like, the squirrels have, like, a planet where they could kind of call home, you know? Like, that totally caught me off guard. I was like, oh, squirrels, like... exists in another part of the universe you know and then that gets blown away and then they get Yeah. taken now to Asgard Oh yeah, um, which is oh on Earth. So right right yeah they're not welcome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so uh too much Marvel <laughs> continuity to follow. <laughs> yeah it's a lot to follow but the, the more i think about it It is kind of cool. Like, I think it's one of those things that Kevin Feige is just sort of keeping tabs on. And yeah, like, if you're following the history, the scrolls are being fucked with royally, right? And, um, you know, aside from like this, like, terrorist scroll group in Secret Invasion, they're mainly like, um, good people, right? But I think they're being messed with so badly. we could see them as like a, an evil empire like we see in the comics, right? Like at some point it might be like, we've had enough, we're going to war, we're, we're, we're militarizing and like they become like a, a whole threat to the universe type thing, right? Um, so yeah, watch out. Hey, it, it, seems like, it seems like they, they might be setting up for something like that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, what about uh, all the drama, like, outside of the movie itself? So, um, this movie is a box office dud, 
Very few people saw this movie. We went to see it, but not a whole lot of other people saw it. Did it like it make like 45? 45 million opening domestically. Um way under expectation mm-hmm. and just yeah, pretty much um a box office bust on all fronts. Um you know, um Rainier, you're kind of spoiled to that earlier, and like I guess those predictions came true. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a huge surprise. People were saying, like, oh, there's not a whole lot of clamoring for a Captain Marvel sequel, and the two other characters are like from TV shows. One, Miss Marvel, not a lot of people watched. The other, a side character in a TV show, right? So, like, the the built-in audience was really not here for this one. Um, And, yeah, that's kind of what happened, right? Like, uh, not a whole lot of people showed up. Um, And then, I guess, that kind of went hand-in-hand with all this, like, online hatred all the uh the toxic fanboys who are calling it the MCU and all this nonsense right yeah yeah um so oh, what what do we think about all this uh all this the, the box office disappointment the online hatred um all, all that stuff Screw it, the it is kind of messed up that like a news outlet would be like, oh, this is expected to be the worst movie that hasn't even come out yet. Like, where do they get those projections from? Is it from like the 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 screeners that like the critics get first? And That's also, isn't that, isn't that isn't that basically advertising the movie like, hey, this is gonna be go, this is gonna be bad, but it's coming out like next week. <laughs> like, isn't that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's like reverse bad, you know. Re- it's just like intentional bad press just to mm-hmm. like kill the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what it feels like, you know. It is too bad. Like this movie it feels like this never really got a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz you have yeah. all that mixed with the writer strike and the fact that they weren't able to promote the movie at all, you know. The it it seems like this movie did have all the chips against it. Yeah. What's what's all the other comments that like the internet's have been saying about it like Um, I don't know. Have you guys been following? I mean, from my I understanding, it's all the typical bullshit that you might expect. Yeah, yeah. a lot of, th- lot of th- typical bullshit. I think it's just like, yeah, like the f- the same hate that the first one got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like such and such character. I don't like Brie Larson. I don't, yeah. You know, those kind of those kind of nonsense posts. Why is Marvel trying to like what's with their feminist agenda? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make this this woke stuff shove it down our throats and everything. Yeah. Isn't that a, like a bigger like Disney issue that people <laughs> are saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. More of the same. More of the same kind of sentiment, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, like the other thing I think I've I've seen online kind of take it, uh, I guess, in a bit of different direction. I think you know we we've definitely talked about that superhero fatigue. Yep. And 
it almost feels like, oh, um, I think a lot of people say, well, I didn't really watch those shows. I didn't really watch Secret Invasion or Miss Marvel. I just watched WandaVision a long time ago. And I, don't, I think I'll just wait for this to go to Disney Plus and later on and watch it then in three months. I think um, they were, and then they probably see like, ah, oh, this, there's not a lot of hype behind it. It didn't really seem like a big event. Mm-hmm. Oh. It wasn't like, say, like Spider-Man, which did extremely well across the Spider-Verse. Where it felt like an event, I wasn't really sure where I was going to stream it later, so, well, I better go check this movie out at the theater. I think that got a lot of positive buzz. Oh, I really like Spider-Man. I really like the last Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. I should go watch this one, too. You know, Spider-Man was always kind of in the general consciousness. Whereas, like, Captain Marvel, it's like... Man, you like you really never saw her much outside of like out of, after Endgame, she had like one little cameo in Shang-Chi at the very end, and that's kind of it. Mm. I guess she was did have a little bit of a cameo in Miss Marvel at the very, very end to tease into this movie, but mm-hmm. you never really saw what she was up to. Uh, and that was what, like that was 2019, so four you know, over the last four years. Yeah, I kinda I kinda like in that same aspect that you're saying christian i think it's just like i know it's not like quote unquote a captain marvel sequel but i feel like it's like a project that probably folks didn't really care for or want you know yeah yeah it feels a bit of like a it's almost like the burden of i think the cinematic universe has kind of fallen a bit on this movie yeah it's like well i didn't i don't really want to do the homework Mm mm-hmm so uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. I heard a I, I heard an interesting take on someone that doesn't like doesn't dislike Marvel movies, but said I don't watch Marvel movies because I'm really tired of the the fans that watch Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure most of that is pointing towards like the toxic fan base, but like mm-hmm. you know the fan base for MCU is, is certainly not you know it, they're everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. But I also think too because of like how how big it is like it, it's like the Game of Thrones thing where people's theories suddenly become these they become like expectations like oh what if this happens what if you see this this and that and if that's not delivered then suddenly it's a disappointment like people's theories have preceded what we're actually getting. Yeah. No, it's for real. Like a lot of this uh, stuff we see online actually like comes true, right? Like there is like the uh, uh, the 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 fan casting for Reed Richards in uh, Multiverse of Madness, and it actually happened, right? Um, and like uh, on the DC side, like the whole release the Snyder Cut thing, it actually happened. The movie was released. Um, so like it's almost like oh, all this wishful thinking can come true, right? So um, we're, there's just more and more of it. And when it doesn't happen, yeah, there are oftentimes some some angry fanboys out there right yeah. so that's the world we're in now 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. It was an unfortunate, like, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just some random thoughts. Like, I think the novelty of female superheroes has kind of gone away. Like, um, just kind of looking back at Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, huge box office hits, right? Um, and when those movies released, yeah, there was like, there was a craving for female superheroes um but now those movies have come out there was a wonder woman sequel there was a black widow movie um yeah the, the novelty is worn off a bit and um yeah like i think if if they're gonna do it it's got to be it's got to be something like people legitimately want to see so I, I think the idea of a female superhero team is great but the team of Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Monica Rambeau, like, it's not the first superhero, female superhero team that people are clamoring for, right? Um, to be honest, it's the X-Men, right? People want to see the X-Men. There's like some tons of, uh, the, the best uh, Marvel female superheroes are x-men right so uh, I, I can i can see why people pass on this like it's like oh if, if i want to see like awesome and also an awesome female superhero team from marvel i'll just wait for the x-men right um so it's disappointing but i i kind of understand why this movie didn't make a whole lot of money uh, yeah what's also i think there's like this is also like uh the seventh superhero movie released this year. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> you have Shazam two, you have Blue Beetle, uh, and the Flash on DC side. Not to mention we have Aquaman coming out later, so that's three. We have um Ant Man. We mm -hmm. have uh Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, and then this movie, and not to mention, we have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So yeah. that's seven superhero Ooh. movies released in 2023. Yeah. Soon to be eight, because we have Aquaman coming out. And uh, I think, um, unfortunately, like, I think with so many, uh, you have to stand out. Like, I feel, I feel yeah. like there is a couple of movies that did really stand out and they did pretty well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 mm -hmm. and Across the Spider-Verse. Yep. Great movies. Everyone loved them. A lot of positive buzz and they did really well. And they, they really did st stand out. Where some of the other ones that really didn't, didn't do well. In fact, they did probably a lot worse than mm -hmm. I think anyone was really expecting. Yeah. Maybe... For kind of each each one kind of had their own little reason why, but I do think this this kind of feeds a bit into that like kind of superhero fatigue narrative. Yep, and people are kind of over these and like you know I, I do like a light, fun, fluffy movie, a light, fun blockbuster to just kind of relax too. But I, I, um, I think. You know, they're kind of nice in their own way and their own space. But I also think when you have kind of so much that kind of feels a bit like this, it feels like, ah, uh, just another one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll wait three months 
and then I'll just watch it on Disney Plus when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well said. You know, I think just the sheer quantity is is killing the genre. You know, it's just too much. It really is. And, you know, if you were to tell me that a Taylor Swift documentary, a Barbie movie, and like a biopic about Oppenheimer would be like outgrossing MCU movies, I would have told you you're crazy, right? But it's it's happening, right? So the, the shift is happening. Uh, it's for real. Superhero fatigue is for real. And um, just just things are changing, right? Super Mario Brothers it made a shit ton of money. People are looking at other things now. Um, so yeah, it's an, an interesting point of time now, right? So what do we think? Like our, our beloved superhero movies are are facing an uncertain future right now, right? Um, how do we feel about all that? I know it's like it's definitely a like a complicated kind of like set of feelings, you know, where you love these movies, you love these characters, and I think it's great that everyone, every character, whether you know them or you have no idea who they are, they all kind of have their time in the sun. You know, everybody yeah. gets their their day. Yeah. You know down to your kind of z-list tier characters and some have really kind of risen out of that and and kind of have have some like big new fan bases and i think that's great to see especially because when you know growing up there was kind of just batman for a long time throughout mm -hmm. the 90s and maybe a few others and so but you know i do think you know it I wouldn't mind personally if they did scale back. Yeah. You know, I think next year is going to be Deadpool and that's it as far as we know. Yeah, mm -hmm. for Marvel, right? And for so Marvel. for just Marvel, I don't think DC really has any anything planned. I, you know, of course no one's going to go watch Madam Web. Um, <laughs> but you know, DC doesn't really have anything because they're kind of getting ready for their big relaunch. And of course, with the writer strike, everything has halted. And I think that's good. I think that a pause is good and that maybe we can return to these with the a, a few new fresh ideas. You know, I'm not I'm here for the long haul, so I'm not giving up on this genre. Mm -hmm. But I do think uh, maybe another pause is in order. Yeah, I 100 percent agree that scaling back is a good idea. Um, I'm not giving up on this genre either, um, but it could certainly use some dialing back. Like it really is too much right now. Like let's just chill, pump the brakes, um, rethinks, re rethink some things, and um, you know we'll get back at it and maybe not pump out seven superhero movies theatrically a year plus. A bunch of shit on streaming services, right? Um, yeah, dial it back a bit, hundred percent. I mean, to me, like the character portrayed in the movie doesn't define who the character is. To me, it's that those characters still live in comic books. To me, and like just like comic books, there's new artists, there's new writers that take over a series. The theatrical version is just another version of the character. Amen. Amen to that. So if these do decide 
to wither away, hey, we had a good run. Yeah. But I'm not giving up either. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, you know, we're not giving up on the movies, but if you do give up on the movies, it's still okay because they all came from comic books and they'll, they'll live on there for sure. If you do give up on the movies, are you really a comic book fan? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a comics reader and you don't like the movies anymore, yeah, hey, it's almost like you're, you're like a true comic fan. You're like, you're like, uh, oh, if you don't watch, oh, it. Uh, yeah, a purist, right? <laughs> I was airing on the other side, like, let's support these movies because yeah, yeah. you know we love comic books. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it depends. Depends who you are. But it sounds like we're all we're all uh staying on the train till the wheels fall off, right? <laughs> With the movies, right? Who knows? The wheels may never truly fall off. I yeah, right. Good chance, even if it does scale back, you know. It's superheroes will be with might be with us forever you know yeah they, they already kind of have they've lasted this long right and they're still good i still love i'm loving invincible right now there you go oh i haven't started that but if they've made how many fast and furious movies come on yeah <laughs> come on yeah, yeah i mean still a lot of runaway like hollywood is cyclical right there was a period of time where westerns were like every other movie that came out was a western right and it seemed invincible seemed like there was no stopping westerns right everything you know comes to an end at some point um and yet we'll still see westerns every now and then come out right um so yeah i agree the the superhero genre will never 100% go away um in movies and tv but uh yeah it, it does look like there's a shift happening right now where there's a lot less emphasis and other things are being looked into uh like maybe a fun thing is like what is the next big thing like superhero movies were really the big thing for the last you know 15 or so years um What's next, right? Video games. Video games. Video games, toys. Video games and toys. That that was my thought as well. Yeah. I mean, just with with Super Mario Brothers and Barbie, it's like, okay, the writing is on the wall, right? And uh, I, I can tell you right now, like all those IPs are being looked into um, by Hollywood. So, yeah. We'll see. All right, so let's get on to our ratings. Yeah, what would you rate the Marvels on a scale of one to five? Who wants to kick it off here? I'll go first. All right. Uh, I gave it a solid three out of five. You know, it's a really fun movie. Definitely has its faults, you know, but I it's still a movie that I would still recommend to folks to go check out in the theater and support that box office bomb. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's a fun movie, you know, like it, it's cute and yeah, I enjoyed it. 
Right on. Who wants to go next? Um, I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. I'll have a bit more, bit more of a cynical take. Um, because there, I was, I was kind of teetering between like a two and a one for a while, but honestly, talking about it, you know, settling in on it and like thinking about the movie, I'm actually gonna go with the two, uh, two out of five. Um, I think the movie does have a lot of faults, like a lot of faults, and there. There are some parts where I did check out really hard, and to be honest, it does feel unfinished. It feels like I watched two thirds of a movie, but you know, I do got to say that uh, there are some parts I did very genuinely enjoy. I think that Miss Marvel is great in the movie. I I kind of liked some a lot of the ideas of where they were going with with Carol and with Monica, and you know, some of the action the action set pieces were 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 fun. I had fun with this movie. And um, and it is kind of light and fluffy. It it has it has its place within the Marvel canon, and I do think that it is a very much weighed down by the cinematic universe. But the parts where it shines, I thought it 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 really does shine. So two out of five. Right on. Uh, how about you, Rainier? So I'm on the complete opposite end of you, Christian. I'm teetering between a four or five. Hey, <laughs> all right. I'm here's glad. The thing, like, I'm not like, I, I, I'm not expecting perfection. But like, what is perfection, right? <laughs> like, I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. There was action. I watched it with my family, and my girls loved it. And we all watched um, WandaVision together. We all watched Miss Marvel together. So we had some background going into this movie, and it was entertaining. It was, it was, we had a good time. Um, and I, I don't think I walked away thinking, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Or this was awful. Or I didn't understand this. Why did they put that? I didn't walk away with that feeling at all. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it. So I'm somewhere in that range. <laughs> of course, five, <laughs> I think is too perfect. So I don't know. Um, I'll give it a, I'll give it a five. Sure. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I'm in agreement with a lot of what you guys have said. And um, yeah, to, to evaluate this movie as, I don't know, something serious as like a work of art, like it's just, it's not the right approach. I, I guess you could say, because it's not, it's, it's, this movie is by no means a work of art. Um, it's light and fluffy popcorn entertainment right um on that level it does succeed right i think we're all saying uh, to varying degrees that it's a fun movie so yeah if you want to escape for an hour and 45 minutes this is a movie for you right um there's a lot of terrible shit going on in the world right now and I I totally understand where you just want to escape and like the Marvels is like that kind of movie, right? Um, it's got cute cats, it's got musical numbers, it's got uh, a lot of comedy, and it's it's light. It's just uh, it's 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 palatable, right? Um, that said, yeah, like it it doesn't really push the envelope on anything 
right? It's not really thought provoking in any way. Um, it's not like one of these social commentary kind of movies. It's not interesting in that way at all. Um, it's just light and fluffy. It, it's that's really what it is. Um, hard for me to recommend recommend too highly, but you know I'll recommend it nevertheless. I'm kind of with you, Perferio, um, in that respect. I'm gonna go with three out of five as well. So there you have it. The Marvels, um, kind of a split decision in some ways, but uh, I think we all can agree that it is pretty fun movie and um yeah like i think if you're looking for a particular sort of movie like an escape an escapist light entertaining movie like this is probably a good a good pick yeah okay uh we like to finish on comics recommendations do we have any do we have any Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel or Monica Rambo related comics recommendations today. I have one kind of as a backup if if no one has one, but uh, uh, also gotta add one as a a bit of a yeah. backup. Yeah, why don't, why don't we bring up both? Uh, what do you got? Yeah, Christian? let's do both. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, let's see, because I haven't read a ton of Captain Marvel, uh, but I actually did read some of Miss Marvel. Um, and let's see i'm like quickly like typing so i can get the the novel kind of in front of me but i actually did really like miss marvel series um i had read volume one and bits of vol volume two um i never are you talking about her first run yeah her first run oh that was um, really good yeah. I, I think i ended up giving you the graphic novel for volume one Perfirio. yeah that was really good yeah <laughs> yeah i do highly recommend it uh g willow wilson is the author um and as part of uh marvel now uh i do highly recommend picking up volume one uh no normal from back from 2014 when she kind of like really blew up mm -hmm. of course uh her uh, power set and her uh, origin is way different in this. It it involves the Terrigen Mists, and her power set is much more like Reed Richards instead of the. There's no bangle. There's no kind of like energy, like kind of blast that she does, like in this movie. Yeah, she's inhuman. Yeah, that's true. She is an inhuman, which uh, they do retcon later, but. <laughs> Um, I do, uh, I do highly recommend it. I do recommend because Miss Marvel was really the standout character in this movie, so I recommend mm -hmm. picking up some Miss Marvel. Do you know? Okay. I think I think that writer, her creator, was one of the screenwriters on the Miss Marvel Disney Plus show. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. It's a cool little tidbit. Okay, yeah. Oh, and uh, I guess notably, Miss Marvel is not a mutant in the comics, right? Which they hinted at mm -hmm. in the TV show. She is in the new comics. Is that is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, they like, changed oh, it. Oh, yeah, like I did she, not know that. In July, she died in one of the Spider-Man comics. And then the X-Men resurrected her as a mutant. And that series is actually co-written by the um, 
the actress, um, the Miss Marvel actress. Mm. Interesting. Hey, so that'd be another. That might be another good one worth picking up. There you go. Okay, so my pick is also Miss Marvel related. Um, we talked about the champions. That's my pick. Um, the champions have actually had a number of series released by Marvel Comics, but I'm going to recommend the first one uh, from 2016 from Mark Wade and Umberto Ramos. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, it's sort of like um, there was th these young superheroes felt the need to have um, a team because the Avengers uh, principles were kind of at odds with them. So they branched out and formed the champions. Um, and it's, as we talked about earlier, it's Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, Amadeus Cho, Nova, and Viv Vision. So a really cool team. And I do recommend it. Uh, it yeah, interestingly, we, we talked about that, that scene with Kate Bishop. And I'm kind of excited because... It, it for uh, up until this point, the, all the talk has been Young Avengers, Young Avengers, Young Avengers. Um, but with Miss Marvel uh, in that that scene, seemingly assembling assembling the team, it it might be champions, right? Because um, in the comics, Miss Marvel is like the leader of the champions, so mm -hmm. um, it, it it might go that way. So it, it it'll probably be like kind of a kind of a mashup of the two teams. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked. I've stoked. I've read a lot of champions comics. I'm recommending like essentially the first series, the first trade, like issues one through five. Um, but they're all pretty good. And um, yeah, I would love to see like an on-screen uh, portrayal of, of that team. So looking forward to seeing what lies ahead. Okay, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Christian, Porfirio, and Rainier. <laughs>